Hey everybody, thanks for being back today. Today we're going to look at uh, verses 18 through 25 of Acts chapter 8. We're finally going to get to see Simon uh, the sorcerer's reaction uh, to seeing the power of the laying on of the hands, seeing the gift of the Holy Spirit, its power given to those who the apostles laid their hands on. And so we're going to read those uh, verses 18 through 25, and then we'll talk about it a little bit. When Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money, saying, Give me this power also, that anyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, Your money perish with you, because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. You have neither part nor portion in this matter. Your heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent, therefore, of your wickedness. Pray, God, if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven. For I see that you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. Simon answered and said, Pray to the Lord for me, that none of these things which you have spoken may come upon me. So when they had testified and preached the word of the Lord, they returned to Jerusalem, preaching the gospel in many villages of the Samaritans. Well, I believe first and foremost, we need to understand something. We need to understand that one of the reasons Peter and John came down to Samaria was to lay hands on and impart this gift of the Holy Spirit. The reason they had to come is because this gift of laying on of hands that would give the power of the Holy Spirit could only be done by the apostles. So when the apostles all died, this gift of laying on of hands also ceased to exist. So today, since there are no apostles, we don't have this gift of laying on of hands and passing the miraculous gift of the Holy Spirit on to anyone else. But at this time, Simon, who had been deceiving folks, remember, by sorcery, looks at what they're doing, and he sees this great power that they are giving, and he wants it. And so he says, basically, how much money can I pay you that I too may have this ability to lay hands on other people? This is why I think there's this great debate over whether Simon was actually converted or not. Now, anyone who becomes a Christian gains a great deal of spiritual gifts. But it seems that Simon wanted more. He wanted to be able to give these gifts now, I don't know. I can't read the man's heart, whether he was doing it to to make himself somebody, whether he was doing it to want to use it as part of his sorcery or his deception or any of that. I don't know his heart. But I do know that Peter confronts him about his thinking. And he says, your money will perish with you because you thought you could buy the gift of God. Therefore, if that is your thinking, Peter continues, you have nothing to do with this matter because your heart is not right. 
So there is an issue here of some kind of his heart. It seems to imply that he has some problem in wanting this that is not what he should be wanting. Now, I'm making an assumption that it implies that, but Peter says there's something wrong with your heart. So Peter tells him, this is what you need to do. You need to get your heart right. You need to repent of this wickedness that you might be forgiven of this wicked thought that is in your heart. There's something I want us to see here in verse 23. Peter says, wickedness or sin poisons us. And so here's where I believe Simon understands his error. Because what does he immediately do? He asks Peter, please pray for me that none of these bad things that you are talking about will happen to me. It, it seems to me that he has seen the error of his ways, that he repents, and that he is trying to fix his heart. Now, let's not be too hard on the guy, because we need to understand that once one becomes a Christian doesn't mean that immediately all the temptations are taken away from us. For instance, if I am an alcoholic and I become a Christian, it doesn't mean immediately that the temptation of alcohol is going to be gone. Okay? Satan is well aware of our weaknesses, and he's well aware of the temptations that he can use to try to get us to go back to the old way. And maybe that's what's happening here. Maybe when Simon saw this, he thought, wow, think of all I could do with that, and immediately was tempted. But when Peter confronts him, he realizes, oh, that's who I was, not who I want to be. Peter and John then preach the word, following what the Great Commission said to do. In Matthew chapter 28, the Great Commission says, go, make disciples, baptizing them. And then the last part is where I think we sometimes fail. The last part, he says, teaching them the commands of Jesus. We many times may teach, we may convert, we may baptize, but then we kind of stop after that thinking that we have completed our job. But really it is at that point that the teaching really begins and we follow, try to teach them the commands of Jesus. I think that's the part that Simon needed so badly and that's the part that they gave him. All of us need to learn the commands of Jesus more fully. After Peter and John preached the word, they head back to Jerusalem, preaching along the way. Thanks for being here. Next time we'll pick up with Philip, meeting an uh, Ethiopian eunuch, and what happens when he uh, hears the gospel.